Welcome to Yoga for First Responders On Air, where we break down yoga, neuroscience, resilience, and public safety in a manner that's authentic, educational, and most importantly, entertaining and lighthearted. I'm YFFR's founder, Olivia Mead. As a yoga instructor and neuroscience enthusiast, I'm passionate about supporting first responders and anyone looking to improve their overall human performance. Each week, we'll dive into a new topic and often bring on expert guests to share their insights and experiences, but we'll also keep it real and share our own stories and struggles along the way. So whether you're a first responder or seeking to master the science of mental and physical resilience, this podcast is your ultimate guide to triumph over life's challenges with unbreakable strength and unwavering fortitude. By pressing play, your training has begun. Hello and welcome. You are on air with me, Olivia Mead, founder and CEO of Yoga for First Responders, and Eric Brenneman, president of Yoga for First Responders, and my husband. Yay! Yeah. Eric is here. I'm in the room. Eric, Eric has entered the building. Enter the chat room. Do you know there's kids Eric. these days on the job that don't even know what that means to say that somebody entered the chat room? Oh, that's too bad because there's a lot of comedy that comes from that time, those the 90s. Let's see here. Well, uh, like uh, AOL Instant Messenger, I think that was the key one. Like you heard like the door open and shut. The door open and shut. Oh my gosh, yeah. and when your crush like got on and you saw that and then you went to message them and immediately yeah. like or then you're like, Oh, maybe the internet you know, cut Just him bugged off. Out. Like Yeah, because that would also happen day. a lot. Right. Yeah. So we have entered yeah. the chat room. I am rocking my eighties hair today. If and anyone's a, seeing uh, this on a video. And I'm rocking the basement look. Yes, uh, that's that's for a whole other episode. Is why Eric is in the basement again. Um, again, well, I guess we haven't yes. recorded any episodes with me in the basement. But for those that have been around, uh, I typically for the last what three years have been working from basements. I finally had a nice office and I'm back in a basement. But I must say it's kind of cloudy outside, so I feel like the light coming in is like good for my complexion oh it's well it's beautiful lighting in the basement um i mean you do look like you're in a hostage situation like you should be right. holding up today's newspaper <laughs> i tried to put like a flag and this we're trying a new platform i tried to put like a flag or something behind me as a background it didn't work so this is what you get this is what you get well luckily most people are listening to this like radio we're going back to the radio days um which you know i really appreciate because i can listen to podcasts while i do my laundry i do my chores and um you know so you're probably folding some underpanties right now everyone while you or maybe you're doing some chores around around the station around your firehouse that'd be pretty cool um so we're recording this at 2 30 in the afternoon normally we record this in the evening with a glass of whiskey and we sip yep. on it throughout the episode really gets us in a flow, get the juices going. And so because we're recording it in the afternoon, we are only drinking water. Right. 
This episode brought to you by Spindrift Sparkling Water and Juice. Wait a minute. What do you get? What? That's, that's a joke. We have some margs, some margaritas. Uh, and Eric, tell me, uh, tell everyone what you told me when you handed me my margarita. It's dangerous. This is a, this is an expert level margarita because I forgot that our Jose Cuervo had tequila already in it, like the margarita mix. You thought it was just the mix, yeah. And it was the extra strength mix, so it's already doubled proof of the mix. So my brilliant self poured a nice amount of tequila into the glass, thinking it was just the mix, and then put the mix that had the tequila already in it in it. So this is like strong. This is like Yeah, ooh. we're gonna be this'll, really gonna this'll be mess with your mind. Well. Yeah, this will mess with your mind strength margarita. So I told Olivia, I said, this is the uh, this is the, the two-show Marg. Yeah. The two-show Marg. Because we're going to record another another show after this. And so we got to oh. sip it. Yeah. But I think we're going to change clothes so nobody knows we recorded that second one on the same day. <laughs> yeah. Tricky, tricky. Sure would... Yeah. And <laughs> uh, I'm sure people are really caring and be like, wait a second. They did two podcasts in a row. They can't do that. They're rules. They're life rules. Ah. Speaking of life rules, that kind of goes into what we're going to discuss today. Speaking of drinking, um, at least, you know, we may be drinking strong margaritas, but last recording, um, we didn't even start recording until like 10 p.m. And I was already like three drinks in and I was like, losing my thought process and i don't think it's because of the drinks i think it's because of how fucking tired i was you yeah. know i mean i and thought like we were gonna record night, this yeah we we're gonna record the show last night and finally we're like uh no we're just no go yeah back. last night you went to record the show and i was like dude it's gonna be like pulling teeth to get me to care about anything i'm saying so we gotta, you know. So, like, <laughs> but it, regardless, this is important stuff, folks. To pay attention. That's why we wanted to give you our full, honest, awaking hour time. Not, and that's why I am willing to drink a margarita at two thirty in the afternoon. You are welcome, everyone. You are the welcome. sacrifices. The sacrifices we make for your betterment yes. and your education. So, speaking of your education, um, I have have had a profound thought i had a profound awakening and i shared it with you and you started to share this concept um in places that you teach yffr and with our partners um such as uh air methods that's a little easter egg for what's coming in the future that we'll announce um and everyone seemed to really resonate it so i think i've solved the a, a huge problem okay you ready for it uh, I do think you have hit a nail on a head. We'll see if it's the same one I'm thinking of. All okay. Right. So here's, here we go. Here's uh, the nail. Okay. So um, there is a blatant, blatant need for proactive wellness, resilience, mental health training. No one can, no one is arguing with that. Okay. Great. Oh. And 
people are acknowledging it. Agencies now have a checkbox in the things they have to train and, and for in-service is wellness, right? There are wellness committees and, uh, you know, so there's an directors, okay, there's even positions yes, for it. There's units, there's wellness units, right? Great. Um, and we also now have data, research, peer-reviewed data that shows that uh, yoga in general, and specifically the way we've tailored it, our specific protocol, has shown and proven that we are a proactive, effective, proactive training tool that solves this problem. Okay? Mm -hmm. And yet, and yet, this kind of training, our training, is still not a priority it's still not a priority in budgets. It's still not a priority with time. It's not a priority even in people's energy because we have some great partners, advocates, champions, cheerleaders, really big names too in the public safety mm -hmm. realm who do nothing but push our message, yet they never come to yoga class. They don't mm. even do it for themselves. They don't even do the breath work. They'll introduce us to people. They'll they'll talk on stage about how important it is. And then I'll say, great, so you're coming to yoga class in the morning? Oh, no. Oh, rah, rah, excuse, excuse, excuse. And, dude, I we have spent... 10 years, I have spent 10 years, and since you've been in the picture, you've spent every waking moment taking away any obstacle, finding the solution to every problem to mm -hmm. make this training as easily accessible as possible. We're even like, we'll give you our app for $3, $3 yeah. a month, you know? We'll give like, it, damn near give it away. Yeah, you can literally do it while you're pooping. Okay, like you know, well, what, what we're gonna make it? Oh, you, we hear your problem. Yo, you got a problem. Yo, I'll solve it. Like that's like my mantra, right? <laughs> Did you just rap? And um, yep. Can I, you do that yeah, again? I'm a but I need the right lyric. What's the right lyric to um to that song? Do they got a problem? Yo, I'll solve it. Do 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 do. What it really revolves it. Anyway, Man, I'm, hear, I'm impressed. <laughs> like that's going back from like the rap archives, even. Well, listen, like, we're on the '90s theme today, anyway. Um, okay, so there's therein lies the rub, right? Like, mm -hmm. what the fuck? Okay, and I, um, I figured it out. It, uh, it's it's a very yeah. I figured out why this is happening, and it it kind of came it it came to me like in a dumb moment because this is a universal human condition problem because a lot of people like to say, Oh, first responders, they're alpha males and they don't want to do it and they'll feel weak and da, 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 da. And that is still probably true. But I think the bigger issue is this human, um, human problem that we all have throughout the world, which is, um, people do not have a high enough self-worth to feel as if they even deserve mm. to prioritize their own uh, personal growth, their joy, their sustainability. We are taught that if you do anything to prioritize your own 
time, your own spirit, your own joy, we call it selfish. And so when there is something that we are presenting, that if you take the time to do it, you are putting yourself first. And listen, we know that if you put yourself first, it'll then be great for your job and your community. But even so, like, oh, if I take the time, I go home and I tell my wife and kids or my husband and kids or whatever to, oh, give me 15 minutes that's selfish. I should be giving to my family. We glorify, you know, you'll hear someone at a funeral talk about a woman and say, as like, as a mother, she was so selfless. She always put her kids before herself and everyone's nodding and and wiping Mm -hmm. away the tears. That is horrible modeling. And that woman was miserable. Let me tell you. And so we all have, because we are not taught in our culture, to to know how to keep our self-worth high. And we'll get into what self-worth actually means later. But we're not taught how to keep our self-worth high. We're not giving the messaging of deservingness, because deservingness is a bad word, which we'll redefine that later too. Mm-hmm. So we're not receiving that messaging. So when I do, we all do give something to someone. Yes, of course, they truly do think it's great. They truly know it works, but they don't want to seem, they need to seem broken. They need to seem, they need to have their battle scars. They need to have, sorry, because we all do this. So I'm not pointing fingers. I do this too and was called out by my coach recently on this. If we have a tool that we devote our time and deservingness to, it takes away our victim story. And our mm-hmm. victim story is what gives us the ability to kind of get through life because we get to point fingers at everybody else except for ourselves. Again, this is human condition, right? So we're not uh, given the tools to do anything else. And no one wants to actually put in the time on themselves because if they do, then they might lose the subject matter to which they are paid to speak on to large groups of people, right? Mm -hmm. They need to stay in that I'm broken. I'm whatever. Cause that's how, that's what's selling the book instead of like, you know, the, the, these other kinds of messages. So anyway, I, as you can see, I'm pretty hot on this. Um, but what are your thoughts on that? So when I first brought that to you and I was like, Eric, oh my God, here's why no one's using it. They feel that they're not worth it. They don't, they don't like themselves enough to give themselves this kind of tool. They like themselves only enough to get in the shower and, and get a cup of coffee and go to work. That's the extent of it. And, and, and they, they're going to pass it on to their crewmates because they love their crewmates and they want their crewmates to be happy. So yeah, I'll pass on the app. I'll make sure everyone knows about it, but I'm not going to do it myself. So when I first said that to you, what were your thoughts? Yeah. The interesting part of that is, is that when we were talking about it is that to me, it wasn't necessarily that they don't like themselves enough to do it, but it's that it's ingrained in the public safety culture from my perspective other people may disagree but of that we are taught to self-sacrifice we are right, taught you're, to, you're a public servant right we are taught to sacrifice ourselves above everything else and so we're to the point of even laying down your life to save somebody else's life like that's the a level of self-sacrifice that we are are glorifying in public safety and so 
therefore, if we spend a minute of our day doing something for us, we're not living up to the standard of sacrificing for others. Uh, there's a really common saying in the fire service anyway that we do this for them, for our brothers, for mm -hmm. our sisters. Mm -hmm. And even that is showing that it's not about me. Like train for them. I do this for them. So then there lies and begs the question of like, why am I not doing more things from my own mental health well-being for them? I mean, if we can start mm -hmm. to flip that script around a little bit and start to say, okay, I need to do this for me. So it is for them. Uh, Correct. Yeah. And then we were driving back from a vacation, uh, a working trip. It wasn't really a vacation, a couple working days up in the mountains. And we noticed a bike trail uh, along the side of the road. And this is where it gets personal, right? Uh, because we fully admit that I, between my full-time job, YFFR, the candle company that we run, Aurelia, you, there's just not literally not a second left in the day for me. And I've no noted that like this year I haven't ridden my bike, which used to be a big part of my life. I haven't ridden my bicycle for, for zero miles this year, zero. Mm -hmm. Uh, and there's this gorgeous trail and you're like, you know, you really need to take a day out on your bike once in a while and do something for you. And I was like, it made me feel almost guilty. I was like, I can't, I can't do that. I can't take a day for me for that long time. Cause I want to be home with you home with, uh, Aurelia home working on our businesses, home working on that stuff. And it feels because again, it's been ingrained to self-sacrifice for others. Um, and that's where like, even to get rid of that hurdle, we've broken it down to take three to five minutes, do six spinal movements in the morning. That's it. As you're brushing your teeth, do your breath work as you're brushing your teeth. We're trying to make it like ingrained it into people's day. So it's the same as physical hygiene, uh, oral hygiene is that mental hygiene piece. But until there's this sh shift, human shift that self-sacrificing uh, is not okay, we're coming up against a human barrier. Right. We can fight it all day long at the organizational level, but we've come up against a, a literal human barrier at this point. A human behavior that's not just in the public safety culture. It's a human, you know, a human behavior. And I know this, and the reason this even like I had that aha moment was personally in my own personal self-growth work, I do courses and meditations that are all based on living in your authentic self-worth. And it takes so much work every single day to turn that huge boat, barge, yacht to another, to go into another direction. And I was really just keeping those concepts for my personal journey. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, that's, that's why, because I haven't even done a lot of my own work recently for the same excuses. Oh, time. I want to spend time with my daughter. And the reality is, though, it's, it takes uh, 15 minutes. So, you know, I could find the time. What's really going, what's really going on there? And I heard something recently yeah. about procrastination is actually from fear. So we are so used to being in this kind of patterning, whether it's the victim story. And again, this is not victim, it's victim. This is different than victim shaming. We're not 
doing anything like that, but the, but living in a victim story or living in a patterning, even if you bitch about that patterning, you're used to it. It feels comfortable. So to, um, to even imagine to be different, like why people don't get their hair cut, you know, it's a big change. You're going to, you're going to be, it's a huge deal for someone to cut their hair. Right. Um, because I'd rather stay small and, and in my familiar space than step out of my comfort zone. So I'm going to procrastinate doing the work, getting on the yoga mat, even booking a, a vacation, you know? Um, so I think that's, that's part of it as well. Yeah. And I too heard something recently. It was actually on the Lewis house podcast. He was talking about his new, uh, his partner that he's got. And he said that she resonated with him because he did some self-work between relationships according to him and his pod podcast and whatnot. But he said that his, he built out a list of priorities and self goals. And he said that he was filtering even his relationship now through this new set of self goals, his mission statement. Uh, and one of the top things is my health is above everything else. Because and he's like, if that doesn't resonate with you as my partner, then it's not going to work. And so his argument there is, is that he needs to put himself first from a health and wellness standpoint in order to actually show up correctly for his partner, mm -hmm. which is something I, mm -hmm. pretty profound. And I recently also came across something that said, like, to not do self work, to not do. Uh, physical fitness, mental hygiene is actually more selfish than taking the 15 minutes to do it. Mm -hmm. Because realistically, folks, your time on earth is going to end sooner if you don't do this shit than if you actually spend the 15 minutes a day to put that priority first. And so now we have a kid. And so really that 15 minutes should be taking care of ourselves. So we're here longer for her. Otherwise, mm -hmm. what are we, she's going to be living on, walking on earth without us here which sucks. And that's going to happen at some point anyway, but we can prolong it. We can make sure that we are in a good spot for her longer. Like that should be well, a priority. That's, well, yeah. And that's what I actually tell when I teach recruit classes at the end of the lecture. I mean, I say this actually a lot, even beyond recruit classes, you know, I'm not, I tell them I'm not selling you yoga. Okay. Yoga is what I know best and what a modality that I think does the best job and what we're talking about. But what I'm really selling you is to prioritize a structured training for proactive, you know, resilience for learning how your brain works and learning how your nervous system works. And however you get to that point and whatever modality you use, fine. And if you don't do that, you are irresponsible and you are a liability to your department and to your community full stop. Yeah. And I'm, I feel that serious about it. And that's why I think, uh, that's why I think I get kind of uppity when people make fun of yoga because they don't understand that when they make fun of yoga that way and they're perpetuating, if someone wanted to to work on it then they're truly going to feel like they're wasting time and being selfish right that then they're perpetuating this danger 
this, you know, this, the fact that someone who is, is going to be a liability, who doesn't know how to regulate themselves. And, and uh, we need to start looking at it more seriously instead of uh, as a joke. And that's with everything. And also, you know, I, I talk about that one time I went in to teach a, a resilience wellness training for a, a huge uh, law enforcement agency. And the person before me had them fucking coloring. Okay. Now I've got nothing against coloring. No, but, there's science backed <laughs> evidence for it. Right. In a certain, blah, blah, blah. But right? like, dude, this is, this is why no one's taking it seriously. Cause you're teaching, you're treating people like five-year-olds. And, you know, this is a very, very serious issue that's being treated like a like an optional elective to take in school. Everyone took elective so they could fuck off, you know. Mm-hmm. And and so, yeah, so I, I get, you know, definitely uppity about that. And I also get uppity about the the people's thoughts on the, these words. So we used the word deservingness, deserving to give yourself these, you know, the the time and, and also, uh, this word self care. Oh, one thing before we go into that, what you were talking about with parenting. Um, as you know, I like to leave the house and I like to, I go to therapy. I'll go get a facial. I get a pedicure. I'll go work out. I go to target. Okay. And when I'm doing those things, I do have this inner battle of, I have a child I'm supposed to be home and unhappy because that's what all the Instagram posts are about. You <laughs> know, the Instagram suffering, reels suffering are, equals love, man. Suffering right, equals exactly. Love. Like I'm supposed to have be in my pajamas and I'm supposed to be like, you know, doing a funny reel on Instagram about how it, what it means to be a mother is to, you know, whatever. And but then again I have to remember if I don't step out and do these things that make me feel in my worth, I will resent my family. I'll resent my child. I'll lose who I am. So I'll simply be a robotic caretaker rather than a model for my daughter, you know? So just wanted to, you know, to say that. And that's why my darling, you need to show Aurelia that you leave the house and you get on your bike. Right. You need to show her that, you know, she needs to watch you do that. So she knows that that's something she can do too. I'll put on my clip clop shoes, my funny costumes and leave the house. Yeah. Please put <laughs> on your bicycle costume. Please clip clop around the house. Even if you bike just around the neighborhood. Um, <laughs> um, okay. So the word deservingness. Okay. Yeah. The word deservingness. I've into that for us gets- a little bit because I don't know that that word's going to resonate. And so no. I'm curious for you to, to yeah. pull that a little bit. It gets a bad rap because I think when we hear the word deserve and a lot of times when people use it in the way they use it, they're using it in a way that implies that if I deserve something, someone else doesn't. So it's like a zero sum game, like win loss. Right. If I yeah. deserve it. Or so limited quantity. Yeah. Uh, lack mentality, limited quantity. And, you know, for instance, like when I was, you know, a performer, a a musical theater performer, and we would work so fucking hard to get these parts and we can do a whole episode. Maybe we will on um, that world, you know, and, you know, kind of like the mentality of, of that world and 
but someone will get a part because there's only one person who can get a certain role. Right. Right. And someone will say, Oh, they really deserve that. I mean, they've worked so hard. They deserve to get, and I would be like, I also worked hard. I would Mm -hmm. also be so great in it. So I would also hear it as, you know, someone deserves something, meaning that I, I don't deserve it. And I would go to this lack mentality. Okay. The deservingness that I'm talking about and what we all need to feel is this notion that we're all inherently deserving. Mm-hmm. We are, all of us are equally inherently deserving of joy, deserving to of prioritizing our time, um, deserving of knowing, deserving of the education of knowing how our brain and nervous system work. We are all deserving of having, of being given time to, to train the brain and nervous system. So that's what I'm talking about is that real inner knowing that you are worth it. So deservingness and self-worth go hand in hand. When your self-worth is up, and you feel worthy, you take pride in yourself and your environment. And you have no choice but to go do the work on yourself. It, it's just a, a given because your worth of yourself is high. And when your self-worth is that high, a couple of things is I notice as I've been working very much on my self-worth, because by the way, low self-worth often comes from, I'm not talking about like um, a mental health, like depression or anxiety or things like that. Everyone's walking around with low self-worth, you know, that's just, and that messaging comes from society. You know, the messaging of, um, you know, there are core narratives that I've grown up with, you know, yeah, of, um, for example, abundance is for somebody else. Like, right? Ab- yeah, abundance, like money, money, money wealth. is for somebody else. Like, that's not that's not us. That's not our family. Right. That's not that's, that's, that's not for that's us. for those folks over there. Yeah, or you know, first first class, or even like, my mom won't subscribe to Spotify. It's ten dollars a month. She got the money, but I don't think. You know, we're we just, we're just all getting this communication that it would be bougie or it would be, you know, um, privileged and all this stuff. And and listen, a lot of stuff with money. Yes, I I understand that. That you know, but even leaving your desk and going for a walk, something that doesn't even take money, right? Mm-hmm. Do you have the the self worth of that? So okay, so that is coming at us. So we're all kind of walking around with low self worth. As my self-worth, and I've worked very hard on those core messaging to lift it up, I've also noticed something really cool. I don't really get offended anymore. Those with low self-worth or self-loathing or, or that, that inner, like, ugh, you know, not prioritizing oneself, for some reason, they're also easily 
offended and angry and maybe taking on that victim mentality maybe that's what it is like yeah, it's now a, because it's a protection mechanism it's easier to yeah. it's the pot of crabs or whatever they're or lobsters i don't know or like it's easier to pull other people down oh yeah yeah if i if yeah. i'm the lobster if i'm lobster or crab or whatever it is at the bottom of the pot feeling bad about myself it's easier for yeah. me to grab on and pull the ones that are feeling good about themselves and trying to get out of the pot yep. back down to me. Rather than, so, right. so that's, that's that where that whole concept comes from is rather than working to lift everybody up and that we can all have more, right? It's the exact mm -hmm. opposite of a rising tide raises all ships. Like we can mm -hmm. all have it. We can all have it all. I mean, but well, it's easier to, to yeah. pull other people down to me than to actually do the work to increase my self-worth, do the work to increase my deservingness, do the work to increase my feeling about myself than it is to just, and this is where the negativity comes in in public safety. I mean, everybody knows the, the people that sit around the kitchen table and just point fingers and bitch all day long, never going to actually work mm -hmm. to solve it, but it's real easy to point the fingers and armchair quarterback and complain and complain and complain and complain all day long rather than, Hey, we could do better. Let's work it to right. work. Yeah. And, and here's the thing is like, I'm also, so I'm not easily offended. And also when I hear my friends doing cool things, I'm legitimately happy for them. Like, totally. I, like I legitimately, legitimately feel that like, you know, before I would say, Oh, that's great. Like the right thing. I'd probably even get a little jealous or this or that, but because I am self-prioritizing and I'm doing the work on my internal messaging um, and my self-worth is rising, I can legitimately be happy for other people. And I can also just as easily kind of throw up my hand and create a boundary and let go of what I can't control. Um, so, so yeah, that's kind of just shows that if you do do this kind of work just to prioritize yourself, you inherently will then be able to, you know, give your energy that you have fully to other, to other people. So you will end up doing, you know, um, what you're trying to do in the first place, which is serve the public. Um, so yeah, so that deservingness, I would like to change the definition of that. And also, Self-care. Self-care has been associated with massages and facials and pedicures and white ladies drinking Cosmos. And I totally get why. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately... If we're being honest, yoga. Oh, and yoga for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so... Um, and I, I, I definitely see why there's a lot of marketing and stuff. And, you know, a lot of that stuff requires money and blah, blah, blah. But maybe we switch it around to how Montessori calls it, which is care of self instead of self-care. Just switch the words, guys. But the essence of the meaning is you have to care for yourself. And that word, uh, oh, God, I heard a great quote recently, and it was something that I'm going to butcher, and maybe I can correct it in our show notes. But it was basically like love is shown through care. Mm -hmm or something to that effect. But think about that word care. When we think of care, we might think of like, oh, I'm caring for a baby. But mm -hmm. also think of that word, I don't care. Where are you putting your, I care about something? Where are you putting your care? You know, if you have 10 cares, I guess you would also call them fucks, right? <laughs> you have 10 fucks. 
where are you going to put them? You have to put at least however many towards you first. And then where are you going to place the other cares? Mm -hmm. You know, so let's, so self care. I care about myself. That's what it is. And if that does mean a facial and that's something you can do, great. If that means going for a walk, if that means turning your phone off, if that, you know, what little things can you do to show care, to care? I care about myself. Yeah. I, it's something that we teach in instructor school and we start to get into the advanced operations part of it the last couple of days of instructor school. And we started by saying that like as public safety, we inspect our equipment, we maintain it, and we make any adjustments that we have to make if it's not currently properly maintained. And so it's really about turning that around and doing the radical self-study on ourselves. And so we've turned it into inspect yourself, take a daily look at your life. Um, Jocko does this with his, there's a diary that he's got where you give every day a score. For example, I know a lot, a lot of folks in public safety world have used that diary. So they literally take stock of what they did that day. How did I rank on this in these categories? So inspect that. And then maintain what's working well uh, as well, how we switch that. Because we are all doing something that's good, uh, that we can do better, but we can maintain that. And then we use the last one, we switch it to customize. And so as we inspect things and see things that we're, we're lacking in our life that we could do better, and for most of us, let's be honest, it's the care of self uh, is probably lacking, then we need to customize that. We need to make an adjustment uh, in that part of our life so that we can live even a more fulfilled life. And so this really comes down to, uh, I think, from a, a care of self, a self-care deservingness, a self-worth standpoint of taking that time to inspect what's going right, what's going not wrong, but what we can do better in life. What went well? What could do we you do better? Where did we get stuck today? Yeah. That's well, that's the awareness part, right? Which is number one. But... Uh, what you were just talking about with the um, inspect, maintain, and customize, which we teach in the personal areas of excellence in instructor mm -hmm. school, like you've been mentioning, there is something that happens a lot with that class. And I just, this, I just, just came to me, this connection. We have to, we tell people this and then we have to remind them and remind them again, because they forget and get confused. No, this is not, what you're teaching the first responders. This is for you. And they for forget you. that. We're like, yes, we forget. Like, cause what we're teaching there is listen, you have to do some work in order to, you know, give. And, you know, they'll be like, okay, so do I teach them this, you know, this journaling exercise at the be like before yoga? I was like, you aren't teaching this to them at all. This is mm -hmm. what you are doing in the morning and because again it, it comes to that thinking that no because again it comes to that self-sacrifice it's mm -hmm. easier for me to teach it to somebody else than to actually do it for me Mm -hmm. I can teach all day long somebody else to inspect maintain and customize their stuff I can tell somebody else if they need to go to yoga class and do this work but mm -hmm. for me to step up it's it's the crux of what we've been talking about the whole thing much much harder yeah for me to just do it myself. And honestly, this is why we have some friends of ours that we do see as beacons of light. 
And oftentimes the most profound, the best advocates that we get for our program are the ones that use it the most. And that's people like, well, duh, but this is why, but this is why is because they fully admit I get it now because I've started to do the work for myself. Mm-hmm. I've done the work on me. I can't just come in here and say, hey, Joe, you should do this. But it's more like, you know, I've really been doing this and these are my results that I'm seeing and I think you could benefit from it too. And that's a really mm-hmm. powerful spot to come from rather than just being like, all right, y'all, we're going to force this down your throats and you're going to do it. No, I started it. I did it for me first. And these are the benefits I've seen. And mm-hmm. I'm super excited to share it with you. That it changes everything. Or just someone watching you do it on shift, you know, instead of sitting in the lazy boy yet, I'm not, there's nothing wrong with watching TV, but before you go do that, someone's watching you in the corner doing, you know, I actually, before I would do the show I was doing in Vegas, I would do yoga. And um, then one other cast member asked if they could do it with me. And then another cast member asked if they could do it with me. Right. I didn't ask anyone to do yoga with me. I was just, leading by example, they saw, you know, that I was self-prioritizing and maybe I made it, I gave them the license to, you know, to do it as well. And, you know, speaking of deservingness, um, when I first started YFFR, I was volunteering Mm -hmm. um, because that's what I thought I should do. And also I needed to kind of prove myself first. There wasn't even a line item in the budget for anything like this, you know, blah, blah, blah. But it really had to get, I had to get hit over the head over and over and over again by people telling me that I deserved to be paid for my zone of genius, right? And it was so hard for me to ask for that because I felt, no, if I'm going to be of service, if I'm going to show, this is again, going back to suffering equals love. I want to show first responders how much I appreciate them. So I can't get paid for it because then it doesn't feel like, you know, I'll I'll look like I'm, I'll look like I need to live. I'll look like I need to eat food and have money, you know, you know, it's like, I'll, uh, you know, so I, I come deeply from this wound myself, which is why I can recognize it. And also the messaging around it. We know someone and during the pandemic, they, you know, everyone wanted to do something as if not everyone else was already doing it. But this person wanted to do an online conference. Wow, how profound about mental health. Like, yeah, everyone's already doing that. Anyway, I don't know if you remember this, but this person gathered a lot of people in this world, including me to talk about doing an online conference for wellness and health or whatever, mental health for the pandemic. And I remember she said, and I know speakers are getting paid for this. Everyone's volunteering because I want this to come from a place of actual giving and not um, trying to make a profit. And I didn't say anything and I wish I had, and I still think about this moment three years later. I wish I had said, they're not, no one's making billions and will be taken in five. Oh, <laughs> I t- we have a new uh, software platform and it said I was going to get a picture taken. It definitely <laughs> threw me off. 
I know. I'm sorry. I didn't know that was going to happen. So <laughs> we can share pictures live. I thought that the I thought it was saying that our program was going to get shut down like a, <laughs> like a Zoom or something. Anyway, um, now I can't get it off the screen. Okay, there we go. So um, I wanted to say no one's making billions from this work. And even if they were good for them, if the, if they're still giving valuable material, who cares if they're profiting? But like, I, I want to tell her, this is people's work. This is what people do for a living, including me. Can, and her husband is a firefighter. And I wanted to say, you know, your husband is serving his community too. He's an act of service. So to show that he really values his community, maybe we won't pay him anymore. And listen, there are volunteer firefighters, you know, but like, but this guy has it as a career. So is that wrong? Should we say he should be serving his community out of selflessness? So we're not going to give him a paycheck anymore. (laughs) Paying someone. Well, anyway, so this, so as we've been talking about, I, I still struggle with this in terms of finances and money. And, um, and so that's where I'm still working with it. And I think our first responders are struggling with it in terms of carving out any time that is for, you know, their own brain and nervous system. Right. I just, uh, when you're talking about that, giving away our time and let's be honest, we're part of the mental health self help space. Um, even though we try to distance ourselves from it, but the reality is that's what, at the end of the day, that's what, what we're doing. Uh, mm-hmm. we're part, we're kind of, we're in this kind of interesting space between like self help and coaching, uh, space because we're badass coaches. Like people will tell you, if you come to our classes, like you don't get away with anything, especially at our instructor school, hardest class that military people have taken, long-term public safety have taken and yet we're kind of in the self-help space too because we're helping people work through the trauma and the stress and the pressures of the job of life quite frankly and so i just quickly looked up uh i was like who's the who's the guru in the health self-help world and what is their net worth just out of curiosity um i was like oh tony robbins he's been around forever just Pulled, just pulled one out of air. It's a name everybody will have heard of. And Tony Robbins' net worth, for example, is $600 million. He's not a billionaire, but he's not, but he's, actually, but, he, but he's not broke. Not that much, but that's not that much for uh, really, for really well-known names. Right. But the point, to, the point of where we're going is, is, is that there's no way Tony Robbins shows up to do a speaking gig for free. No. Not not. And I know that he's worked to get to, to himself to this point. And he does give plenty of things away for free, such as podcasts and shows and things like that. Um, but if you want Tony himself to do one-on-one coaching with you, you know damn well it's going to cost a fortune. It's going to. And people will pay for it right. because they feel that there's wealth that did they deserve to have that level of coaching? And so this actually begs an interesting point. You brought up earlier, we charge, it's $4. I'm in charge of the finances, $4 a month for public safety, not three. Uh, <laughs> we're not, we're not going to give it, you are not going to give yet another 25% discount on a $4 price. Uh, <laughs> line, line item. But what would happen if we raised the price to $10 a month? I mean, there's interesting stuff. Like, this is fascinating psychology oh, out yeah. there. Is that, is that actually, if you charge more for services, people find that there's inherently more value in it, even it's the same damn mm-hmm. thing. I mean, I think this is uh, some of the work that, like, 
I don't know if Dr. Aaliyah Crum did that study or not, but basically they put bottles of wine out on the table, all the exact same, basically Costco, oh, right. Costco wines. One had a $5 price tag, $20 price tag, and one had like a $1,000 price tag. Same bottle of wine. Guess which one people loved the most? The more expensive one. one, yeah. It's just inherent. It's just inherent in the mindset. There's value there. It makes you feel that you deserve it. It makes you right. Feel... It's coming. It's coming from the outside in. That's right. why people get those fancy cars they can't afford because from the outside in, they get to feel the dopamine hit of deservingness. Mm. Um, rather than you know doing the work to do the to do the inside you know from the inside out that's more sustainable and true because you'll get the Ferrari and you'll still hate yourself you know it's not gonna, it's not gonna fix it yeah. after that first week well no and when it comes down to I was reading a, a sales book and then it comes again to especially in our society people want the quick fix the fast yeah. help and so that's why. Quite frankly, what what's this new drug that's a side effect is weight loss? Um, Ozempic. Oh, I forgot what it's called. But yeah, like yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, people are taking that left and right to help them lose weight versus changing their diet and going to the gym. It's a pill that's now mm-hmm. helping helping lose weight. And mm-hmm. so this sales book basically said is like <laughs> yoga and mindfulness meditation will never be a multi-billion dollar industry in and of itself because it's not the quick fix that people want. Right. Yeah where it does take the consistent work day after day. And if we're already fighting that we don't deserve that, uh, it's easier to take the pill. And this is why, again, I continually make the argument, and you're the one that taught it to me, is uh, the oral hygiene uh, connection as far as mental hygiene is, dude, literally while you're brushing your teeth, do two to three minutes of breath work. That's it. At that moment, you literally have a toothbrush in your mouth. Your mouth can't be hung open, so you can't be mouth breathing. Like, do your in for three, out for five, while you're brushing your teeth every day, and that's mm-hmm. it. Don't don't overcomplicate this shit. Uh, and you, uh, you do deserve it. Like, you do deserve it. It's ti- it's tiring because we just fight all day long. I love it. I love it. I love it. Not for me. I mean, yeah. Well, in, in jobs, they'll go, they'll give people a 15 minute smoke break. I don't know if they call it that anymore, but they definitely used to. Um, but what if I was like, I'm going to go take a quick 15 minute breath work break, or I'm going to go do five sun salutations. I mean, nowadays they may be obliged to say yes. Otherwise, um, <laughs> because, because it's such a hot topic now, but like, you know, smoking was acceptable, but doing anything, you know, it's and and this is why it's such a hard. Gosh, I just wonder. Like, oh, this is kind of a weird thing to say, but what if we're just like hands up? Like, listen, here's our app. Here, I'm, we're not quitting anything, okay, everyone. But like, what if we're like, here's our app. Here's our online courses. You know, use them if if you have worked on yourself enough to, you know, to know to use them, I'm not going to push you anymore, but I got to go make money. So I'm going to go start um, a drug sales business. I'm going to sell the pills. I'm going to sell the quick pills. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, God, you know, like what if, what if it is like, Hey, here it is for people. I guess what I'm saying is, is since this is such a huge societal problem, how much 
are we spinning our wheels and extending energy and resources for something that's never going to happen? Now I say that, but YFAR has reached 30,000 people, um, you know, with our, with our tools. So I'm not saying we're failing shit, man. We we all, every, tw- every one of Chicago police department's 12,000 sworn officers has had YFFR. We are doing it guys. We're doing great. And along with that, I don't think people understand the amount of work that it has taken to even get to a place where someone is forced to listen to YFFR, right? And then um, do I don't even know if they continue it on their own, even after great, fantastic feedback that we get from everyone. Um, and so there are a couple ways that I feel like we could solve this problem and, and of, you know, actually getting more bang for the buck with this. Mm. Um, but the first thing I want to say is uh, from what we were talking about before, in terms of making money, first of all, this has really shifted in my mind recently. If someone is offering value to you and who cares how much money they're making, leave them alone. Okay. You are willing, you have autonomy to pay for what you feel something is worth. In fact, they usually say that the bigger problem you solve, the more value you're bringing to society. Right. And so, and so listen, well, it's with the Taylor Swift concert. Okay. Like if someone wants to pay $5,000 for a ticket and Taylor Swift's making millions, who cares? You know, like leave it, you know, leave it alone. If there is worth their money and the number is abstract and it's built by people. It's all about the value in our in our minds of what I'm willing to pay. I tend to not buy the cheapest of something because, again, this is why. I don't want to feel like I only deserve the $1 whatever versus the $10 one, right? I it, When I pay for the little bit nicer thing, it actually does. It's not even the thing coming in, not like the Ferrari car we were talking about. It's the action of hitting pay to on something that makes me feel that I can afford, obviously, not something, you know, I'm not telling anyone to go broke, but like, if I can, if, you know, if I can afford the $10 thing, but there's something on sale for $750 that's just like not as good, no, pay for the $10 thing because that action in and of itself is lifting your self-worth. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, yeah. And that's another interesting thing that's kind of baked into public safety or the public sector in general is is in America anyway, in most places, it's all comes down to low bid. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows they get shit equipment generally because they get three bids and oftentimes the procurement director will force them to take the one that's the cheapest because we're saving taxpayer money or whatever it is. When oftentimes the fire department, police department, whatever it is knows damn well the low bid is a shit product <laughs> I, mean, I mean yeah and what does that it, say it, it, to the worth of your employees you're making right. them feel bottom of the barrel right i mean it's the action it's not the it's not the item it's the action and you know and and what i study it's called an action of self-worth you know and the actions you take folks those actions tell your subconscious mind your level of deservingness and it has nothing to do with first class or coach or this or that. It's actually smaller than that. 
It's showering in the morning. It's getting outside. It's doing your yoga. It's let's say you like this type of creamer, but it is a little bit more expensive for your coffee, but it makes you feel good. The action of getting what makes you feel joy, right? Actions of self-worth. Um, the one more thing I do want to say about pay, you know, or just getting yourself paid is I had a meeting with one of our wife, our instructors, and she was, we've changed um, our model for our instructors. Instructors used to be contractors for YFFR and they had a set pay. And then, so we would have mm -hmm. these programs and we would put a, an instructor in it. And now we've actually empowered our instructors to almost have little YFFR franchises, if you will. It's not a franchise, but kind of like have their own little YFFR business licensing yeah. our name, blah, blah, blah. But what this means is, is that they now set their own prices. They could, they could charge a thousand dollars for a yoga class. They could volunteer. It's all up to them. So the instructor was asking me, where do I even start? Like what, what, what even, you know, so we kind of gave her an average of what, you know, but what I told her is I was like, it's up to whatever makes you feel good about teaching. Mm -hmm. So for example, there was one place that asked me to come and travel and speak for 45 minutes I was traveling a lot. I really didn't want to do it. So I just said, oh, okay, 600 bucks for 45 minutes, thinking they would say no and then I'd get out of it. They said yes. <laughs> but, what I did, but what I did do was I labeled the price of what it would take for me to feel good about getting on that plane and going. Right. But then uh, just about 45 And let's be honest. Forty-five minutes of speaking is not forty-five minutes of speaking. It's two days away from your family. No, By the time you well prep away from it, driving, getting on the airplane, spending the night, so you're there in time to do your speaking engagement the next day, spending the day with the folks, plus the forty-five minute engagement, doing the dinner, whatever it is, flying, spending the night, and then flying back home with your family. Six hundred bucks. That's multiple days that's not, I should, oh, I know, out of I your out, out, out of your life. But, <laughs> but, but 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 people say like, oh, six hundred dollars for forty-five bucks, like think about that though folks like it's for that does, that's not what it means like start to when you start to feel offended by somebody saying my time right. is worth six hundred dollars how the hell can olivia charge six hundred dollars that's crazy no when you start to actually do the math dollar for dollar hour for hour you're like holy shit she charged ten dollars an hour that's fucking crazy why would she only charge ten dollars an hour right like, <laughs> right that's another thing so if you're offended by that it's it's more about your own self-worth you know, and probably uh, being envious of someone else this... having the balls to charge that much because of their own self-worth. And that's what pissed me off about that person doing that online conference who said, I don't want anyone to charge anything. It t I have to prep for this, yo. Like, you're you taking, know, honestly, for taking... a thing like that, you're taking away the, my most precious resource, which is the time of my life. I can get more money tomorrow. Like, right. I can go drive a garbage truck and make some money tomorrow. But the time that's ticking away today, which is why we're grateful for you guys listening to a show, quite honestly, is because you're giving us your time. And you why I don't mind if you do it while you fold your laundry, because it's good to right. be efficient that way. Okay, keep yeah. going. <laughs> but, but time is literally the only resource that you're not getting back. You can't bring right. back this hour. The hour that you and I spent talking about this podcast will never come back. And it's whether we like to admit it or not, that's one more drip of sand through that hourglass to the end like we're not getting mm -hmm. out of here alive and there's only so many drips of sand through that hourglass and this is that mm -hmm. stoic philosophy of memento mori which is every drip of sand 
should matter more than anything else. Mm -hmm. So well, time is money and it should be valuable. Yeah. And Ryan Holiday says, like, I'm 41 years old. Some people say, oh, I've lived for 41 years. He says, I've been dying for 41 years mm. because every day no longer exists. So that day has died. So and it's you not deserve stuff- yeah. the best day of your life today. I mean, to bring this mm-hmm. all the way back around, like, that should inspire you to have more self-worth, to feel that you deserve to live your best moment in this moment because mm-hmm. in a blink of an eye, that, that time span is gone. Right. And the so the worthiness of your time, right? So yeah, deservingness actually, again, goes back to how you're spending your time. Uh, in yoga philosophy, one of the, they, they give these sort of rules of or guidance of living, right? And one of them is non-stealing, I believe is Asteya, if you want to Google that real quick, so no one comes at me. Um, <laughs> I believe it's Asteya, um, and it means non-stealing, right. and people, yes, oh, good, Olivia, um, 500 hour baby right here. Um, <laughs> so people think it means don't steal from Target, don't steal sweatpants from Target, um, but yes, But what it truly means is stealing people's time. And I get very unhappy and it's on me. I'm not blaming other people. Okay. Because you're the one that has to set the boundary. But if someone's keeping me on the phone too long, if someone's keeping me on a work call too long, you know, whatever it is with repeating things over and over or not getting to the point, whatever it is, it is up to me to set the boundary. But what's happening is you're stealing the one you're you I that 45 minutes is dead that you're part of the death now of my life, you know, um, what I so what I wanted to finish by saying with that 600 out $600 thing is that on the flip side of that, again, it's what your time is worth, right? Um, uh, there was a department about 45 minutes away volunteer and they said they had a small budget for teaching and, or these classes. And I said, okay, well, here's my typical rate. And they're like, Ooh, I'm going to afford that. And I was like, okay, what can you afford? They're like, really? We were hoping you would volunteer. So I could have said, I can't, I mean, I can't spend a whole day. It's a whole day away from my family by the time I go there, you know, whatever. I don't even have to explain it to them, but I could have just said, no, I can't. But there was a teacher, one of our instructors up there who hadn't taught for a while and really wanted to kind of get back into the loop. So I was like, I feel fine about giving my time. So I went and I gave my time um, to them and coached this instructor like while I was doing it. And the reason I felt okay about giving my time and that's that that was worth my time is because I was actually, not only was I teaching this group, I felt I was personally investing in this YFR instructor. And when this YFR instructor is successful, then the organization will be successful and et cetera, et cetera. So I had to kind of say from my gut, what do I feel, uh, you know, is my time worth right now? We talk about that a lot. Like, hey, um, you can, uh, you either can pay $10 for shipping on this item I'm buying, or you can drive 45 minutes to pick it up in person. We won't charge shipping. Okay. So 45 minutes there and 45 minutes back is an hour and a half to save $10. Okay. So what is, 
what is that? That would be um, seven fifty. Whatever. An hour or so. Right. So you're telling me your time is worth less than minimum wage. You know. So you have to think about that. Now, with that, I have decided to outsource my laundry. Okay, so big things of laundry that take me hours to do. I actually pay for some for someone else to do my laundry now so that I can spend those times doing other things, that time doing other things. But here's the thing. I did go for the cheapest one. It's a dollar a pound, right? There are other <laughs> wash and fold things that are like seven fifty a pound. So that is something where I said, no, I'm going to go for the cheapest one. I ha- The gauge was not the amount of money. Your gauge has to be what's making me feel at my highest level of worth. Mm-hmm. So here's my, my suggestion. Okay, everyone. In conclusion, I wrote this down. In conclusion. In conclusion. That's very official. That must mean we're wrapping up. So here's Here's to the conclusion. Are you ready? Here's how we're solving the problem, everyone. Take this sound bite and give it to your department, huh? We solved a world problem today. (laughs) Here it is. In conclusion, agencies must mandate these practices with the same level prioritization and mentality as any other tactical training. It cannot be an option. It cannot be, um, you know, even uh, encouraged or bring in the talk, the speaker, whatever. No, mandate it and treat it like any other tactical training. Number two, you must Mandate it on yourself and raise your worth to not waste your time on bullshit. Stop scrolling Instagram and put 10 minutes on the yoga mat. You have to find that discipline for yourself until agencies are going to do it themselves. Here's a place to start. I do want to shout out my personal courses. It's a course called To Be Magnetic. Um, Eric got it for me for Christmas about two and a half years, almost going on three years ago. Oh my gosh. Um, it's changed my life. It is meditation, hypnosis, neuro. It's called neuro. It's basically neuro manifestation. Um, I'll be honest, being your partner, I get an insight that most other people don't get. And watching you do this work has completely changed the level of self-worth that your business, AKA YFFR has for itself. Um, Mm -hmm. So the last three years, you've made a ton of big changes in, around, and with YFR to raise its level of value, its level of worth in public safety world. So I've seen it firsthand. Like if you change yourself, it changes everything that you work on and around. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why, that's what it has completely changed my life. It has, um, I could do a whole episode on it. Um, but if you are interested in like, God, I do need to raise my self-worth. I don't feel deserving. Where do I even start? Check it out to be magnetic. Check it out. Um, and, uh, also just share and share without expectation. So if you like what we're saying and you do think that it holds value share it on your social media send it to someone but don't expect them or wait for them to give it a thumbs up or even you know just share do your own practice lead by example and that will show to others 
you know, my a dear, dear friend of mine, I thought could use the to be magnetic courses for a while. And for the past three, two, maybe two years, I've been sharing with him and sharing with him and sharing with him. And he hasn't done it, hasn't done it. I didn't expect anything, just sharing my experience. And guess what? He's finally doing it. And now his life has also changed. So just share without expectation. And I want to end with this, Eric. What is going to be your action of self-worth and deservingness today? Because you are a quintessential public safety personnel. It's true. You you have a heart of servitude. Your love language is being of service. And that is great. And I love that about you. And I need to hear what your action of self-worth and deservingness is. Don't say anything having to do with me or Aurelia or anything all about you, bro. Let's end it with all about Eric. Yeah. The thing that I am going to do today, it sounds kind of simple and I haven't done it yet. Uh, I'm a perfect example of you're teaching everybody else to do this is literally five minutes of breath work, moving my spine in six directions. For some reason, that's really been resonating with me the last couple of days as I've been teaching some classes uh, this week. And it takes five minutes, but I can do it even sitting in this chair, but to take five minutes with breath work for myself and just move my spine. Because I'll be honest, after I've been teaching, I've been breaking the rule of doing it while I've been teaching the last few days. Mm. And I feel better. My spine Mm. feels open. I sit sit at the desk all day long now, uh, the complete opposite of public safety. And it sucks and I feel it. And so to be able to just be able to move my spine, I take, this is a great lesson from John W. one of our instructors, former Marshall. This is what he does every day to start his day, move your spine. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to commit to that today. And I make the argument that you should do it is first thing you wake up in the morning. So it's already done out of the way. You can start your day fresh. So I'm going to commit to doing that this afternoon. Uh, and then throughout this long weekend, try to start to make that part of my morning routine. Mm, morning routine. That's another act of deservingness. And if uh, as a gateway uh, drug to, to deservingness, for anyone listening to this, if you're really having a hard time wrapping around your head about doing something for yourself, do it as a model for your colleagues, your children, whatever. Think of it as an investment in them, that they're watching you uh prioritize yourself and then that will teach them to do the same so we got to change the messaging the society messaging societal messaging all right well you know we need a a proper consistent sign off dude we are like the the brainwaves must be zooming back and forth (laughs) between the office upstairs and the office in the basement because i was literally thinking that same thing as you're like how are we gonna wrap this up and then it actually what it came to me is like there's one way that you wrap up every one of your classes. I was going to say that same that thing. I so was many that your students yes. all say it now too. And that's kind of become I your know. legacy, which yeah. I want to do a, le- a show on legacy because we're talking about like, just share this without oh. even having yeah. preconceived notion of what you get back. And we were having dinner with Mark the other night and he said, he's like, listen, you guys are all, pl- y'all are planting seeds for trees that you will never see again that you may uh-huh. never even grow. And that's legacy at the end of the day. And so your legacy is growing because you have hundreds of people saying exactly the same ending to how you taught them to end their classes. Yeah. So well, I think I that's the perfect thought, capstone. I think it is too, but I think we need to share it. So like I'll start it and you end it or whoever wants to wrap up the show in the future says this line and the other person finishes. So you cannot control what happens on the outside, 
That's your But cue. you can control what happens on the inside. And it's your job to choose how you respond to it and therefore how you react to it. Yep. And that's what yoga is training you to do. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Hey, before we go, I want to remind you that training your mental and physical health is incredibly important, especially for those working in high stress jobs like first responders. And if you're interested in learning more about yoga for first responders, visit yogaforfirstresponders.org for our on-demand training app, online course platform, in-person training, and more. Like this podcast, subscribe, and give us a great review. We are so happy to have you part of the YFFR mission.